Today on Bold Steps, Mark Job has a motivating message about divine appointments. You may miss a divine appointment because you are so busy and focused on your task that you miss a person that's in need, someone that really needs you to speak into their life, pray over them. Maybe, just maybe, God is interrupting your life with someone that seems like an interruption, but it's your main mission in life. And welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job. Mark is president of Moody Bible Institute and he's senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. Today's message, how to be a good neighbor. You know, when my daughter was growing up, Mark, she never missed Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Do you remember? Won't <laughs> you be my neighbor? <laughs> yeah, won't you be my neighbor? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. You know, as we go into the new year, there are some of us that need to reset our mission for this new year. You know, we can get so, so busy that the very thing that God has called us to focus on, which is people, we just quickly stroll by Mm -hmm. uh, because we're just too busy for our neighbors. And I believe that we need to rethink God has placed us in a condo, in a neighborhood, in a a school, in a, a certain setting Uh, for us to open up our eyes and realize that he's called us to our neighbors. Well, this message will be our final message today and tomorrow here of the year. So let's listen carefully about how to be a good neighbor. Here's Mark Job. What is a good neighbor? What is a neighbor? My brother, Bob, who lives down in Tulsa, has been trying to invest in his 17-year-old son and getting a heart for him to live for Jesus. His name is Baz. And so he was thrilled and excited when 17-year-old Baz came home, and he said, hey, Dad, guess what? He said, what, son? He said, you know, I was walking around uh, the, there's a university campus near them, Tulsa University campus, and I was praying, and I, I saw a homeless guy, a big homeless guy, And he said, I just felt like God told me, go talk with him. And so my 17-year-old nephew went and talked with him. And this guy shared how desperate things were. And and, and he said, Dad, I looked at him and he was shaking. He was cold. He was, he was, it was cold out there. And so he said, you know, I just immediately was prompted to take off my jacket and to give it to him. And so I took off my jacket and I gave him my jacket. He was a big guy and so... The, the jacket didn't even fit him. He had to put it on backwards and put it like this. And, and uh, he said, I just felt like God led me to do that. My brother was so proud of him. He said, son, I love that. I love that you're responding to the Lord. And I love that you're responding to compassion. I, I'm so proud of you, son. He said, what jacket did you give him? He said, well, dad, I just happened to be using your jacket today because I put my... And he said, uh, which jacket? You know, the North Face jacket, you, 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 the North, my $300 North Face jacket? He said, yeah, Dad, I, I just, it was spontaneous. And he said, and it didn't even fit him? No, Dad, it didn't fit him. And then, so it changed the story a little bit. <laughs> my brother had to go back afterwards and apologize because he was about to go find that homeless guy and take that jacket off of him. In this passage in Luke chapter 10, Jesus tells us, he convicts us, 
Because he challenges a man to understand that you cannot authentically love God without being a good neighbor. In fact, if you really love God, if your love for God is sincere, authentic, and real, you cannot love God without it translating into actually empathy, compassion, and love for people. And so I want you to go to Luke chapter 10 because I believe that some of you are living your lives in a way where you love God, but you're missing opportunities to really impact people. You are walking by divine appointments. You are missing out divine opportunities because you haven't understood or grasped the concepts of what it means to be an authentic neighbor. Luke chapter 10, Jesus is speaking, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 25 of Luke chapter 10. It says this, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Uh, Jesus was oftentimes challenged by religious people. Uh, They were the priests and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the extremely religious oftentimes were those that were most against Jesus. And oftentimes they'd ask him a question not out of a sincere, heartfelt desire to learn, but out of a desire to test him. And so he says, a... A expert in the law, which was the Mosaic law, uh, tried to test Jesus. And he said, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Uh, Jesus responded in verse 26 and said, what is written in the law? Jesus knew that this man was a student of the law. So he said, what, what is it that you have read in the law? And the man answered, uh, and Jesus said, how do you read it? And the man answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, you have answered correctly, do this and you will live. I want you to notice a couple of things before we move on in this passage. I want you to notice that this man was not sincerely seeking for God answers. He was trying to test Jesus and catch him. He knew in his mind the truth, but his heart was in the wrong place. Let me just pause and say this. You can know the truth and have your heart in the wrong place. You can actually have correct doctrine, but wrong heart. You can have a Bible and know it and study it, And you can answer questions that are difficult, but yet not have a heart in the place that God wants you to have that heart. This man studied the Old Testament, the scrolls. He knew the law of God, but yet his heart was far from the heart of Jesus. And so it's interesting that Jesus takes this conversation and he starts to reroute this conversation like Jesus always does, masterfully does. And it says that um, the man asked, after Jesus answered that, well, who is my neighbor? You know, sometimes when we don't want to face something, we try to ask philosophical questions to get out of it. You tell your kid, hey, go, go dump the garbage out. And he says, garbage, what exactly is garbage? 
Hey, treat your sister right. Well, let's define sister. What is sister? Are we talking about the world? And so sometimes to get out of practical obedience, we try to philosophize life and make it more complicated than it really is. And so this man, in order to justify himself, in order to try to squeeze out of obedience, he, he throws out this bigger philosophical question, and I can almost see him put his, his hand under his chin and say, neighbor, who really is my neighbor? And so in response to this, Jesus tells a parable. Now, what is a parable? A parable is a fictional story that is told in order to convey a profound truth. Jesus was a master storyteller. He would tell stories that were simple enough for a five-year-old to understand, but so packed with complex, deep, and powerful truths that the greatest scholars on earth could not quite comprehend the depth of what Jesus was communicating. And so Jesus tells a simple story, We've come to know it as the Good Samaritan. And so I want to tell you the story of the Good Samaritan in the parable of Jesus today as we think through, hey, is our loving God really translated into loving our neighbor? Are we missing the mark? Do we have a spirituality that doesn't translate into really loving the people that are around us? And so... Jesus answers the question with, who is my neighbor, with a parable. And I'm going to begin reading in verse 30. It says, in reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. When he was attacked by robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, they beat him, and they went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down because Jesus is explaining to this lawyer what it means to really love God and be a good neighbor. The first thing that he indicates in this story is that being a neighbor means that I make room for interruptions and I get involved. You know, we live in a very, very busy city that we call Chicago or Chicagoland. The only people that aren't busy in Chicago are the tourists with cameras hanging from their necks and as they snap pictures of some of our architecture. But if you go downtown Chicago, you will find people buzzing past one another, uh, looking at their phones, always in a hurry, chatting, running briskly to try to get to work, to try to catch the metro train. I mean, we live in a city that's constantly in a hurry. And none of us like interruptions. In fact, we view interruptions as a negative thing. We don't like to be interrupted. They stop us and we say, hey, hold on, hey, don't stop me here. If we have to wait in line, it's like, hey, this is taking forever. If I'm driving down the road on Archer and a train stops, I'm like, oh, no, another interruption. We look at interruptions as a negative thing in life, something that's bad, something that keeps us from our destiny, from keeps us from uh, making it to a place on time. Yet I want to say that oftentimes... God interrupts our life, and interruptions 
are a gift of God. In fact, I look at Jesus and I'm amazed at how Jesus handled most of his interruptions. Well, you're listening to Bold Steps and Mark Job, and we're pausing today's message for just a moment to highlight our faithful monthly supporters known as Bold Partners who make this ministry possible. And Mark, one of the stories of this past year has been the story of our broadcast now being heard in Africa, in the country of Malawi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've gotten so many responses from Malawi, and um, we just received a, a letter recently from one of the listeners And he says, I'm very happy to hear such beautiful and lovely program. Today, I have been moved since what I have heard in my heart has shifted me from one level to another level of understanding things. Good way to put it, isn't it? Yeah. Since in Islam, there is no such message that comes to change the heart of man, I would like to thank you for changing my heart through Bold Steps program. May you continue helping many of us since we are living in darkness. Wow. And I love this listener from uh, southern Malawi, mainly an Islamic area, saying that God is speaking to him through the Word of God, through the Bible. I love those stories. And I want to say, if you're a Bold Step partner, you make that happen. We're at the end of the year right now. This is a great time to jump on board and be a Bold Step partner. Or if you've been thinking of a year-end gift, That would be outstanding to be able to receive a year-end gift, to be able to wrap things up this year and help us out. So thank you again for those one single gifts, and thank you again for those that have chosen to become a bold partner. When you do become a monthly partner and make this year-end commitment, if you choose to give a gift of $30 or more each month, you'll also receive 50% off the purchase of any item in the online store at moodypublishers.org. Plus, you'll receive a signed copy of Mark's book, Unstuck, Out of Your Cave and Into Your Call. So please, consider partnering with us today. Pray about it and then go online to boldstepsradio.org. All right, let's return to our message. It's called, How to Be a Good Neighbor. Here's Bold Steps with Mark Job. I, I, I've thought of Jesus and... Oftentimes when I'm trying to make it from one meeting to another, my calendar's packed out. I'm finishing up one meeting, jumping up another Zoom meeting, or making it, and it seems like I have very little time for interruptions in my schedule. And I'm reminded of Jesus who was on mission to accomplish the will of his Father. But I think of multiple times where Jesus was interrupted and how he handled interruptions. I think of the time that the, uh, some of the people brought some children to Jesus. And his disciples basically said, hey, don't, don't bother the Messiah. Don't bother the master with the children. And Jesus said, hey, don't let, hey, forbid not the little children to come to me. And I don't, the Bible doesn't talk about the interaction that Jesus had with them, but I can imagine Jesus kind of getting down and saying, hey, young guy, how you doing? Man, it looks like you work out pretty good there. You're a good eater. Yeah, tell me. And sitting down at their level, pinching the cheek, giving them a big hug. The disciples said, hey, don't bother Jesus with the children. But Jesus invited the interruption of the children into his life. I think of another time when Jesus is preaching at a crowded house in Capernaum, packed out. 
wall to wall. They're overflowing into the outside and right in the middle of his speech is deep, powerful, profound lessons of God. Suddenly, right above him, someone starts to dig a hole in the roof. And four men bringing a paralytic had decided they couldn't get to Jesus, so might as well dig a hole in the roof. And while he's speaking, uh, branches start falling in front of them. Uh, Hay starts coming, crumbling down. Mud starts coming. A hole is dug. And everybody's looking up at the ceiling, watching a hole being dug in front of them. And I would be livid that in the middle of my message, there would be a major interruption like that. I would lose everybody's attention. I would think like, hey... I have some important truth to proclaim. What is happening here? But Jesus, actually as they lower this paralytic man in front of him, Jesus says to them, friends, your faith. He saw their faith and he healed the man and he spoke with compassion to him in the middle of interruptions. Well, I think of one other interruption. I think of... The time that Jesus was leaving Jericho with his disciples and he was traveling with people and he was teaching and crowds were around him and suddenly there was a man on the side of the road, a beggar, by the name of Bartimaeus. And Bartimaeus can't see Jesus because he's blind. But he starts yelling out to Jesus, Jesus, son of man, have mercy on me. The disciples say, hey, quiet down. People are telling him, hey, shh, we're trying to listen. You're interrupting. And he, he raises his voice, Jesus, have mercy on me. Jesus, have mercy on me. He screams so much, interrupts so much that Jesus says, show me to the man. He went over to blind Bartimaeus, and by his, he showed compassion and mercy on him, and he healed the blind man that interrupted his speech and his time. Let me ask you, how do you handle interruptions? Have you ever thought that maybe some of those interruptions that come your way are divine appointments? Maybe it's just God bringing someone into your life and you may miss a divine appointment because you are so busy and focused on your task that you miss what God, your main mission, a person that's in need, someone that really needs you to speak into their life, pray over them, encourage them, give something to them, but we treat them as interruptions like they're keeping us back from our main mission. Maybe, just maybe, God is interrupting your life with someone that seems like an interruption, but it's your main mission in life. The story that Jesus tells is a story about a road from Jericho to Jerusalem. Uh, The road from Jericho to Jerusalem was about 19 miles long, and it was known to be a treacherous road. People were assaulted there. They were hijacked there. This is not a road you wanted to walk at night alone. And so he tells the story of a man that's walking down this road, and in this parable, this man is assaulted, he's beaten, he's robbed, and he's left on the side of the road half dead. Down the road comes a priest, and by the way, there was a lot of Levites and priests, a lot of sacred, holy ceremonies happening in Jerusalem, and there was a lot of traffic from Jericho to Jerusalem, and the Bible says that this priest happened to be going down the road. He sees the man 
half dead, on the side of the road, and he does what a lot of us would do. He loves God. He's a priest. He's into the things of God. But when he sees the need, in his mind he said, it's not my job. I don't have time. I don't think I should stop. It's inconvenient. Maybe it's a trap. I don't have the resources. I'm not a medic. And so he walks right on by. A few minutes later, or sometime later, there's another man, a Levite. A Levite is also a religious person of the tribe of the Levites that was chosen by God to fulfill the priestly duties. And the Bible says that this Levite basically has the same response. In verse 32, a Levite, when he came to the place, he saw him, he passed right on by. Now, Jesus is making a point with this parable There's a reason that he chooses religious people, people that know the word, that know God. He was talking to a lawyer that knew the word, but his heart was in the wrong place. He's speaking right to this man. You can have a lot of Bible knowledge. You can have a lot of understanding. You could be very religious, but maybe your religiosity does not translate into loving people. In fact, let me tell you what Jesus says, or what 1 John tells us in 1 John chapter 4, the apostle John says, if someone says I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother. Secondly, write this down. I'm talking about what it means to be a neighbor and not miss those divine moments that God is bringing to our lives. The second thing that we see in this parable is that being a neighbor means getting past my prejudice and my excuses. So in verse 33, Jesus introduces another character. He's told us about the man that was beaten. He's told us about the priest that walks by him. And the Levi that's too busy and also walks by. And now he introduces a character. Well, when he mentions the ethnicity of this character, the Jewish people that were listening to him immediately would have shivered a little bit and said, Ugh. He says, But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came to where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. Now, what you have to understand about Samaritans, and you may have heard the word Samaritan. In John chapter 4, we remember we hear about the Samaritan woman that Jesus stopped and spoke to. In this passage, we have the parable about the Samaritan man. What you may not understand is that the Samaritans were despised by the Jewish people. They were considered half-breeds. They were considered people that their religious uh, had, had mixed religious beliefs between the true religion and idolatry or false religion. So Jewish people that really followed God seriously had nothing to do with Samaritans. They didn't want to talk with them. They didn't want to be around them. They considered them traitors to the nation of Israel. They considered them to be half-breeds. Ethnically, they despised them. They had bigotry against them. And religiously, they were anti them as well. So when Jesus uses the image of a Samaritan as being the good guy in this story, I'm sure the people around them were bristling. 
I want you to notice what he says. But a Samaritan as he traveled came to where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. And we'll discover more about what we can learn from this parable when we return to the final part of today's message tomorrow on Bold Steps with our Bible teacher, Mark Job. We're coming up on the final program of 2022, so we hope you'll join us tomorrow for this relevant lesson. In the meantime, be sure to visit our website and check out some of the unique and faith-building resources we offer. One particular resource we'd like you to request is the email devotional Mark shares each week, every Monday morning, known as the Bold Stepper Weekly. It's a great way to connect with Mark outside of our program and get to know him as pastor and president at Moody Bible Institute. But it's also filled with deeper insights as Mark delves into Scripture. We're about to reach a landmark of 2,500 subscribers, and and we'd love to have you join the list and help us get there before the year ends. You can easily get on the list and start receiving this free devotional as we kick off the new year by going online today to boldstepsradio.org and signing up for the Bold Stepper Weekly. And before we end today's program, I want to encourage you to go and subscribe to the Bold Steps podcast. You'll find all of these daily messages and listen whenever you want and wherever you are. Just open up your favorite podcast app on your phone or smart device, search for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job, and click the subscribe button. Wayne Shepherd, that brings us to the end of our program, and we'll see you here tomorrow for the conclusion of today's lesson titled, How to Be a Good Neighbor. It's an important lesson about getting involved and the final program of the year. So make sure you don't miss Friday's edition of Bold Steps with Mark Job. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.